What's happening, y'all? It's your boy Dave checking in. It is Twisty Young is up in the building. I've got to my right Mr. Emmanuel Books, a.k.a. Coach Emmanuel. That's what I'm going to call you today, Coach. All right? Now, famous MMA fighter. Not going to say famous because y'all may not know him, but around here, you are famous, sir. Nonetheless, we got nothing but love for you. You out here doing something that people aren't doing. The fact that you've been out and you've done MMA fighting is one thing. Uh, you've got a nice track resume. 13 and 5. Now, with that 13 and 5, I consider you more, when I've looked at your resume, based off your record, I consider you more of a, a wrestler, brawler, grappler type of person because I see the one knockout and then people will be like, oh, well, he's not really fist-to-cuff type of fighter, which, as we all know, in MMA and UFC with the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and all the other fighting styles mixed into one, it's not all about fist-to-cuffs. Right. It's all right. about breaking limbs and getting that tap out, whether it yeah. be through knockout or just, you know, grappling or crippling somebody's leg. Let's dive into that, man. How did you get into MMA? Um, actually, uh, I didn't even want to do it. That's the crazy thing. You know, oh, people, shit. People always ask me, like, how'd you get into it? I was like, man, I was I was literally dragged into MMA okay. by uh, the former welterweight champion of the world, Tyron Woodley, who's from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. He uh, he was one of my coaches and mentors at the University of Missouri where I was wrestling at. Okay. So my senior year, 2009, I was... Uh, Finishing my, my college career as an athlete. I was 23 years old. Mm-hmm. All my friends, like Jeremy Macklin, uh, Sean Witherspoon, Willie Moe, they just got drafted in the NFL. Um, uh, let me see. Uh, Damari Curl had just yeah. got drafted to the NBA. NBA. And, like, these are all my guys. They mm-hmm. same age as me, and they going off to do pro sports. And I'm about to go sit behind the desk, great papers, and coach wrestling. Not that that wasn't my dream, but it was just like, man, I'm 23. You know, so – I was already having an internal battle, and then my boy was like, yo, I'm getting into MMA. You need to come ride with me. And I was like, man, I don't know. So he literally dragged me to the gym one day. I did a jiu-jitsu workout, was rolling around, you know, trying to choke people. And I was like, all right, that's cool. And then, you know, I grew up fighting in the streets. Okay. You know, not, not like I was a bad kid, but growing up in East St. Louis and Cahokia, like, just fighting was something that was going to happen. Yeah, it's nature. Know? It's nature so out there. It was never that I was afraid to fight, but it was like I didn't like it. Like I did it, but I didn't like it. You know, I knew I had the ability to do it. But honestly, man, after my first like straight up boxing class, I was like, you know, you know what, I can do this. Mm. And then I uh, started my career and the rest was history. And that's strange, see, because a lot of people they'll see that. Um a lot of people tell me that they start off in MMA. They start off in the boxing classes, they're all fine with that. They're like, Oh, this is great, and then they start doing wrestling. They're like, nah, I don't know about this, you know. Motherfucker rubbing their arm on you and whatnot, yeah. knuckle sandwich in your forehead and yeah. whatnot, all of that stuff. So people have it and you came from a different aspect because you were wrestling and yeah. then you got into boxing yeah. right in between that. So that's what's up. I find that interesting. You said you grew up in uh Cahokia and East yeah. Saint. Where you from specifically? Uh, well, where you from specifically? No oh, shit, that it could be a well, lot. I'm it could be a I'm lot of right places. Now, man, I get, I get bent out. Of, I travel. There you, you know? go. So I'm all over the world, all over the country. Okay. And like people love to claim East Saint. Yeah. Love to claim East Saint. They be from like Belleville. Like, yeah. Actually, funny story. I was at Mizzou. Now, like I said, I I was born in Washington Park. Mm-hmm. Okay. We we lived in East St. Louis. All my family still live in East St. Louis. And then we moved to Cokia when I was like halfway through middle school. Okay. But to me, I say you from where you went to high school at. Because Most likely, yeah. Because that's when you start hitting that real life. That's when the streets start hitting you. That's when you start really getting into where your town, like the stuff that your town was about, you start getting into that. Yeah. So I could have been in East St. Louis my whole life, but if I went to Cahokia High School, that's where I'm from. Yeah. So that's how I look at it. But uh, 
I was at Mizzou, and I was hanging out at this uh, athlete party, you know, hanging out with football players. And, you know, not a lot of black, African-American uh, students at that school at the time. Correct. So every time there was an event, like, we all, like, like got together. So there was this guy there, and he was a track runner. He was trying to be all cool. And you know what I mean? I don't, I don't really act or present myself to be a person that comes from where I come from, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I don't really carry myself like, oh, like, yeah, I'm from, you know, like, no, nah, that, that's just not how I come off. Yeah. Not that I'm not from there, you know, and if you find out. No, loudest one be, in the room catching yeah. first, so yeah. you smoothing. Exactly. So this dude, uh, he all, like, bolsters and just doing this, doing that, and he like, yeah, I'm from East Saint, I'm from East Saint. And uh, I was like, you from East Saint? It's like, where you go to school at? He's like, I went to Edwardsville. Where you go to school? I said, Cahokia. Right. He said, oh, I said, yeah. So it was like, yeah, I just put you on front street, but I wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like you know that I know that you ain't from where you're saying, but I'm not even going to blast you, but don't don't come at me with that. No, you know? definitely, definitely. Yeah. When I was in college, I had some dudes um, from Alton swearing up and down that Alton was the most gangstest place in southern man. Illinois. And I was man. like, man, these dudes don't need he had He had uh, he had them white boys up there in Indiana thinking Alton was the most gangstest. Don't walk around in Alton. Let them uh-huh, tell man. it. Mexico, I feel so yeah, bad for him, man. I got family Most of my, my dad's family from Alton. Yeah, man. It's cool. Yeah. Um so you, how I want to ask you about your first fight, but more than anything, I want to get into a couple of them because yeah. you've had a couple of fights out yeah. here. Um, August fourteenth, you had uh, Efron Escuando, I believe that was his name. We were supposed to fight that. that yeah, way he can. backed out. Oh, man, what was it? He backed out. He went back to the UFC. Did Ooh. they call him or okay. what happened? Oh, man, that screwed me over because the winner of that fight was getting signed to the UFC. Yeah, and that's why I said what happened with because I know that was a big blow and that yeah. that looked like that was at that point in your career where you was yeah. you know. Uh, basically, I mean I can't even get mad at him because the UFC like you know what we just go ahead and take you back. Yeah, you know, because I was gonna win that fight. Mm. Like I was, I was down in Miami training. I was in great shape, and you was on a roll. At what that point. was crazy was his manager actually screwed me over. A lot of people don't know this. His manager, he was sponsored by a guy I was sponsored by. Mm-hmm. So like this dude used to give me like three thousand every summer for every training camp, not to worry about nothing. I give right. myself and stuff like that. And then uh, halfway through my camp, I'm noticing I'm like, yo, I'm running low on stuff. My check ain't came through. So I'm calling him like, what's up, what's up, what's up? He's like, oh, I'll get it to you, I'll get it to you. So then dude, manager, the dude I'm finna fight, Efron, his manager hit me up. was like, yo, I just got to be real with you, black man to black man, because he was a black guy. He was like, I told dude not to give you his check, give you your check, because he sponsored Efron, and y'all finna fight each other. He's mm. like, that's a conflict of interest on my part. So even though you're a cool dude, I can't be having somebody rocking with you that's rocking against one of my guys. Yeah. I was heated. And then at the I end, bet. dude back out the fight, and that like, you know, screw me over. Yeah, because that's that's some that's some fucked up shit right there. Cause <laughs> yeah. when I first read about it, I was like, wow, you know, I you know, I tried to I read it for face value, but yeah. doing research, like trying to dig back into my film and everything, going back into those days, seeing what the fuck ESPN had to say about it, what Fox Sports One had yeah. to say about it. Uh, most of the radio stations that I listened to, and they spoke about you on 101 ESPN here mm-hmm. in St. Louis, and what they said was this was a turning point that could have changed your life. Because yeah. like you said, you would have won this fight. You could have went to the UFC. And Lord knows what the hell could have happened from there. Because yeah. once you get in there, you know, once you get yeah, into yeah. that octagon, anything's possible. Yeah. Every every UFC veteran I've ever faced, I've beaten. And every dude who's ever beaten me outside of one is in the UFC. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's crazy, man. Yeah. And 
To be honest with you, um, going through your record, I mean, you got 13 wins, like I said, 10 submit, I mean, 10 decision fights. Yeah. So that right there out the gate, because I love boxing. Mm-hmm. So that right there out the gate, 10 decisions let me know that you're going all the way. Yeah. And when I say go all the way, as in we're going to the end of this fight. Of this fight. Ain't no, ain't no doubt about it in my mind. I if wish it, it was different, it's, but it's yeah. Just, if it's twelve, if if y'all got four rounds lined up, if they get in the ring with you, they shouldn't expect to be going four rounds. Yeah. You can't be expecting to be like around second round. You tired or something like that? Because you don't go through ten decisions without having incredible stamina. Okay, yeah, and I do. And uh, you know, my opponents, they they realize that you know, like a lot of African American athletes get the the label of like not being in shape. Yeah. You know, if you if you can withstand that that first storm, like you'll be good. And that's not the case for me. And then I would tell a lot of people like y'all don't understand. Like the ten decisions is just because the dudes I'm fighting they cold. I ain't fighting no bumps. Nah. So like when we go out there, like you you just saw Pacquiao and Thurman. Yeah. Like not saying we on their level, but you know you expect somebody to get knocked out and then you see two great athletes go at it. The, the whole time they go the distance and it's just like hey it's not and then my style like I'm a wrestler yeah you know like I got hands you know but my thing is if I can go in there for 15 minutes and leave looking like this and get paid some stacks I'm okay with that because to knock you out most time we got to go on there we just got to just straight bang yeah which means you could probably catch me I'm going to get busted up. You're going to get busted up. And I tell all the time, like, man, you know, I hate fighting those crazy Mexicans. Not not trying to be racist. No, no, no. I know like, stigmatism uh, to it. Or those crazy white guys. Because, like, those crazy white guys, I feel like they love to look like Rocky after a fight. Yeah. Like, all beat up and bloody. If they don't leave bloody, yeah, they won't fight. Like, I'm like, man, I ain't here for all that. As they should. Yeah. As they should. Nah. It's been like that. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Um. When I look at it, um, I want to ask you when I first, I'm glad I got you in here because I definitely was like, I got to ask this dude. So I got two questions for you, more importantly. My first one is, how is it training for a fight? Because when I'm looking at your, I'm, I'm going through your schedule and everything, and I'm, I am not saying your schedule, but I'm going down the timeline of your fights, yeah. and um, I'm looking at the timeline of your first fight. And after that, it looked like you just took off after your first fight. It looked like you just had two fights right after your first one, took a few month break, had two more, took a month break, three here, took a break, two yeah. more, then just disappeared, which obviously we know why. Yeah. Now, I want to ask what happened on that last fight and why you did, like, why haven't they seen, why haven't we seen you since then? Okay. Last fight, Australia. Yeah. Uh, June, I think it was June 16th. Uh, I do believe it was June yeah. 16th. Uh, big fight. Uh, I'm signed to an organization in Russia. I'm not even going to say their name because they're making me mad. Yeah, no, nah, so, I don't need to. No, signed I'm to this that. organization in Russia, mm-hmm. okay? So all my fights are predominantly overseas, which, okay. you know, free travel, you know? Yeah. I, last year I fought in Italy and I fought in Australia, you know? Um, so I won those two fights and it's talking about title shot. And I'm like, okay, cool. Something happened with the organization. Uh, they had to cancel like five shows to end the year. So I was supposed to fight in Sweden in August, I think, of last August. That show and about five other shows got canceled. And they was like, we're not going to have another fight till January. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, I can't fight around that time because I'm coaching wrestling. Right. I always, I kind of have a season. That's why I tell people, like, I don't fight year-round. Fighting for me is kind of a, a hobby. I'm professional, but it's... It's it's like I have an off season. So yeah. my off season is literally basically from November to March because I'm coaching wrestling, giving my all to my kids. I ain't worried about me. And then like April through basically October, that's why I'm looking to get like two or three fights. So my manager told me like, hey, 
EJ shutting it down in November. We'll be ready like April, May, or whatever. And they said, okay, cool. So basically, we get done. I get done coaching in March. Uh, I had a successful season. My manager like, all right, we on him. You know, he sent them emails like, hey, what's up? And he was like, okay, we'll have something for him in June. About mid-May, we like, what's up? They're like, oh, no, 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 we're going to have something for him in August. And we was like, okay, you know, that's not ideal, but okay, cool. So then a couple weeks ago, they was like, uh, we want you to fight. Sept- I think the first week of the September, I don't remember the date, mm. in Moscow, Russia, against this super tough Russian. And I was like, dude, like, before my manager could even say anything, I was like, no. You know, like, I'm on a big winning streak right now. And when I was on a losing streak, I wasn't taking smart fights. I was losing close fights that most people thought I won, but I was getting screwed. Like, I fought a Canadian in his hometown, you know, in his home country and lost a split decision. You know, fought another dude in South America, lost a close fight. You know, so I'm like... I can't fight a tough Russian, which you know it's going to go to decision. Definitely. Which means I have to have these guys on the outside of this cage who from Russia, you know, decision. give, give yeah. me the decision. Whether I earned it or not, they're not going to give it to me. You see it too many times in fights. Yeah. So I was like, we're not taking that fight because, you know, he's not going to finish me. I'm not going to finish him. We're going to bang it out. It's going to be close. And they're going to be like, no, black guy cannot come over here and win this fight. You yeah. know, and I was just like. All right, so that's a nice Russian accent, right there. Yeah, <laughs> with this play. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's what's up, man. Um, another thing I want to ask you about that I know my viewers would not let me live without if I didn't ask you this. I've been in several fights myself, sir. I ain't never done no UFC fighting. I didn't got my ass whooped plenty of times. How does it feel to take that first L? And more than anything, Oof. specifically, obviously, I'm talking about the one with Daryl Horsch or whatever. I got you. I got you. Uh, that one sucked, man, because um, I was seven and zero, mm. and uh, like 